Today is Sunday, May 9th, 2021. On this day in 1978, Italian Prime Minister Aldo Moro was found dead in Rome. 55 days earlier, he was kidnapped by fascist extremists working to dismantle the Italian government. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Today we're covering the assassination of Aldo Moro, a heartbreaking conclusion to a 55-day manhunt for the beloved Prime Minister. Let's go back to Rome on the morning of May 9th. A scream rang out through the streets of Rome, cutting through the morning air. In the back of a red Renault 4 lay the bullet-riddled body of Aldo Moro. A crowd started to form as the commuters who first spotted the body called for help. The morning felt surreal. When the news broke, the entire country went into mourning, grieving the loss of one of the most popular politicians in recent history. Prime Minister Giulio Andreotti was quick to promise justice, but for many Romans, it was too little too late. In mid-March, members of an extremist group called the Red Brigade ambushed the former prime minister. They killed five of his bodyguards in a bloody shootout before taking Moro hostage. As authorities went to work searching for him, the citizens of Italy held candlelit vigils to pray for his safe return. But as the days wore on, hope started to dwindle. The Red Brigade made it clear that they were behind the kidnapping, but Andreotti and Interior Minister Francesco Casiga refused to negotiate with terrorists. He worried that giving his power to the guerrilla fascists would only encourage them. The decision angered the public, especially when the Red Brigade made threats on Aldo Moro's life. The fascists were out for revenge. In the wake of World War II, Italy was determined to weed the dangerous ideology out of their country. From 1945 to 46, anti-fascist purges took place in the north of the country. 15,000 fascists were imprisoned or killed. Women who collaborated with them had their heads shaved and were paraded through the streets so their neighbors could jeer at them. In May of 1946, the royal family was ousted and a republic was installed. Its first president, Alcide de Gasperi, was a member of the Christian Democratic Party. Italy wasn't as concerned with the separation of church and state at the time. After all, its capital is host to Vatican City. But as democracy took root in Rome, a backlash to the Christian Democratic Party festered, especially in the town of Turin. By the 1970s, a militant left-wing organization called the Brigati Rossi, or Red Brigades, came to prominence. Led by Renato Curcio, they were notorious for terrorist attacks and kidnappings. Their plan was to oust the Democratic Party in Rome to pave the way for Marxism and their revolutionary proletariat. The extremist group started firebombing factories in 1970, and kidnappings began in 1971. In 1974, they carried out their first assassination. They targeted the chief inspector of Turin's anti-terrorist squad. 
Then, in early 1978, they turned their attention toward former PM Aldo Moro. Moro had been elected Prime Minister of Italy twice during the 1960s and early 70s. Because he was a political icon and widely beloved, he was the ideal target for a Red Brigade's kidnapping. The group hoped it would garner international attention and bring the current government to the negotiating table. So on the morning of March 16, 1978, a group of Brigate Rossi insurgents ambushed Moro's caravan as it departed his suburban home. Within minutes, all five of his bodyguards were slain in the street, and Moro was thrown in the back of a car. The next time anyone saw the prime minister, he was dead, left in the back of an abandoned Renault 4. Up next, we'll discuss the backlash following the death of Aldo Moro. Wayne Simmons spent 27 years undercover for the CIA. When he retired from spy work, he got a big break. Terrorism analyst on Fox News. Then he met Kent Clisby. So I'm a real CIA guy. This is total nonsense. I'm Alex French, and I'm here to figure out who's telling the truth. Was Wayne Simmons a spy, or was he nothing but a con man? Imposters is a Spotify original from Parcast and premieres Monday, May 3rd. Follow and listen exclusively on Spotify. Now back to the story. On May 9, 1978, the body of former Prime Minister Aldo Moro was found in the back seat of a car in Rome. Fifty-five days earlier, he'd been kidnapped by a militant terrorist organization known as the Red Brigades. Moro had made himself a target way back in 1973 when he embraced a coalition between the Communist and Christian Democratic parties. The so-called Historic Compromise was intended to distance the Italian Communist Party from the Soviet Union. The party sought to rebuild their platform around the idea of Euro-Communism. Moro was on board with the idea, believing that a more centrist approach was the best way to ensure a prosperous future for Italy. However, the compromise was controversial. For the right, Moro's coalition was too agreeable, while the far left saw the communists as sellouts. The Socialist Party in particular decried the agreement. Other critics believed that the coalition had nothing to do with Italy's best interest at all. It was merely a way for the two largest political parties in Italy to maintain power. But despite protests, the coalition went forward anyway. On March 11, 1978, it received a vote of confidence in Parliament. No one was more upset than the Red Brigades, who remembered the post-World War II purges of their friends and neighbors, sanctioned by the Christian Democratic Party. Moro was abducted five days later. On March 18th, the Red Brigades took credit for the kidnapping, stating that Moro would undergo a people's trial. They also released four letters written by the politician asking the government to negotiate for his release. In one of these messages, he wrote, The doctrine according to which advantage must not accrue to kidnapping does not apply to political circumstances where a sure and incalculable damage is done not only to the person but to the state itself. 
When the government refused to cooperate, Moro was allowed to write one final letter to his family on May 7th, a day or two before he was killed. The Italian state hoped that refusing to negotiate with terrorists would reduce their power. While that was true to a point, their plan of attack ended up backfiring. Moro was beloved, and the government who let him die was highly criticized by the Italian people. In the wake of the assassination, rumors spread about the CIA or some other foreign power being behind the attack. The abduction went so seamlessly that it seemed impossible for the Red Brigades to have pulled it off without help. The government was short on answers, giving little closure to those in mourning. The lack of follow-through left the door open for wild conspiracies about what really may have led to Moro's murder. Some of the theories involved propaganda due. P2, as it became known, was a Masonic lodge involved in multiple political scandals during the 70s and 80s. In 1981, someone leaked a supposed list of their members, alleging that many high-ranking members of right-wing political parties belonged to the organization. General Siracuzano, who worked for the Ministry of the Interiors, was responsible for approving city-sanctioned roadblocks during Moro's abduction. As such, he would have known Moro's carpool route on the morning of March 16, 1978. Many who support the conspiracy theory believe he was responsible for leaking the information to the Red Brigades. Some go so far as to say that some government officials at the time were members of the Red Brigades themselves. There's little proof for this claim, all of which is circumstantial. In 1983, Italian authorities charged 23 Red Brigade members with Aldo's murder. At the time, four still remained at large but were tried in absentia. It took years to hunt them down. Two of the criminals have still not been found. The most recent suspect was arrested in 2004. The Red Brigade itself ceased operations in the 80s, thanks to the tireless efforts of the Italian investigative and intelligence communities. In some ways, Moro was a martyr for his cause, and the brute force that came down on the fascists after his death served as a startling reminder that political violence is not justice. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Aaron Lan, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 